0: Welcome, everyone, to 2023 season episode four of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests throughout the year. this week, though, we break down the number 12 teams run in the Daytona 500 at the world-famous Daytona International Speedway. Steve, welcome back. As I said, uh, pre, I almost said pre-race, said uh, pre pre-podcast, um, I was excited to just kind of get back into the rhythm of things, get back into race recaps. Because I know with the clash, we kind of just talked about the pageantry and the general... Uh, the general aspects of the race, but we didn't get into a super in-depth recap, but I think we have plenty to talk about when it comes to this 12 teams kind of up and down crazy run in the, the 2023
1: Daytona 500. I, uh, you know, perseverance is the word of the week. Again, um, you know, optimism uh, is, you know, always key to these things, but um, they never gave up and never quit on what they were doing. And uh, when you, when you just put your new head down and you go, you'd be surprised what you can, what you can do. Uh, There was actually literally like surprised voices when they, when they found out what their final position was and uh, you know, getting there is the journey is, is, is amazing, but you know, these guys wanted to win and compete for the win and they felt that, you know, Ryan definitely felt and the team definitely, they had everything it took this weekend you get three quarters to, to halfway three quarters through the race and these events happen and, and you think, well, that's it, you know? And, um, then you get to the end and, and you get the result that you get. And all of a sudden it becomes the best top 10 that you've ever had. <laughs> you know, you're, you know, you went from being totally pessimistic to, to like, wow, what a great top 10, yep. you know? And, and that is the most amazing part of it is you, you're, you're, uh, your eyes come out of your head at the end when you find out what happened. And, and there are people that tuned, tuned, uh, tu- you know, turned it off that I've talked to since then. <laughs> they were like, you did what? I <laughs> oh, I quit watching, man. Oh, never quit watching. Never quit watching with these guys. Cause, uh, they, you know, they'll find a way to do it. I, I read a post somewhere about somebody said about the, that, that is, you know, the thing that championships are made of. And we talked about this last year in the couple times last year where, they made the repairs, got the car back out there, got laps, got positions. You know, we finished fifteenth last year in the summer, six laps down, but it was fifteenth. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, so putting your no, you know, head down, and guys doing a great job, and, and we're definitely going to talk about some guys uh, uh, on the crew later on. I'll mention all the names <laughs> because <laughs> they deserve all the praise in the world for uh, the job they did. Uh, Watching them on in-car audio, um, the numerous times they came in and kept working on it and working on it and working on it. Um, Just amazing stuff. Uh, So, yeah, it's not the W that you wanted. Um, It's the first race of the year, so there's 35 more opportunities. But um, it's really not bad considering, and and that's the thing you got to take away from it.
0: Now that's a little bit about the racing. I do want to talk a little bit about the event. I think this was about the fifth Daytona 500 that I've been to in person, uh, going back to when I covered it for a couple of years. And then I've been going more as a fan the last few years. Um, if anyone was following along on our brand new TikTok there or Instagram and stuff, there were a few videos we did from the track um look for more of that this year as Steve and I both attend races you know pretty much throughout the year I would say every couple of weeks one of us is probably going to end up being at, at a race uh, around the uh, around the nation so um look for that stuff but man uh for the 75th anniversary season I can tell you and I know the Daytona 500 is a huge event so there's already a ton of hype and a lot of effort put into the marketing and fan experience but In all these years that I've been going to Daytona, I don't think I've ever seen anything, an event that was as big as the 2023 Daytona 500 was from banners, you know, across the city, across the pedestrian bridges. um, There's some two huge displays, or I I guess I could even say three huge displays that NASCAR is putting on out in the Midway area celebrating the 75th anniversary. They have a really big and, you know, for anybody that has kids and they're bringing kids to the track now, they have a cool like NASCAR kids experience. Um, Like a whole display area set up just for kids that are coming to races. And then they have a a, a NASCAR experience 75th anniversary display where they've moved some of the driver Q and A's and some more interactive things like, you know, trying to do your own pit stops and some other stuff. Like maybe we even experienced ourselves like over at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, So the hype was huge for this race. The energy was huge. Uh, crowd. I know that they've sold out the last couple of years. And I think, I mean, I think crowd level maybe is about the same as last year because they did the complete sellout as well as to where sold out the full grandstands, all the camping spots. And they even had these extra passes that we took advantage of where you could watch the race from the fan zone in the infield. Um, everything sold out. So, I don't know how many people many people were there, but it was just a massive crowd. Incredible to see, incredible to be part of it. All the ce- celebrities, the pomp and circumstance, and the one thing um, they always have a great flyover during pre-race at Daytona. They gave us a full show of the Thunderbirds, you know, air team from the U.S. Air Force, which was amazing. Uh, if anyone's ever been to a, like a local air show where the Thunderbirds have come in and done a, a program, we were treated to that uh, just in pre-race for the Daytona 500. So even before cars hit the track, um, one of the most unbelievable racing experiences that I've had. And, um, I'm really glad that there's, you know, 150, 200,000 fellow fans out there that got to see that as well. And hopefully I haven't seen TV ratings yet, but hopefully a ton of people also tuned in on TV. So that's a little bit about the event. We talked a little bit about racing. Why don't we dive deep into that? Because I promised everybody at the top of the show, we do an in-depth analysis strategy breakdown of Ryan Blaney's race. And this was an interesting one to go through. So Steve, take it away.
1: All right, let's 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 go back to Wednesday um, because that's when actual uh, single lap qualifying happened. Um, of course, we got the uh, <clears throat> single car qualifying. Um, Ryan actually puts down the seventh fast lap, making that top 10. For a second attempt at the pole, um, but pretty much the cars at that point, you know, no matter how long you can cool them off, you pretty much had what you had, and uh, they ended up seventh overall, putting them in the first duel to start in position four. Um, the uh, what was it? The forty-eight took the pole, so once again the Hendrick uh, cars, but this year the Fords were much much better in qualifying, and, and this goes to show you that something with that nose is, is actually helping them. So as we find out in the race too. Um, so, uh, for the duels, um, he's got, uh, the 22 and the 21 in his duel, which is pretty awesome too. We got two teammates. I will call the 21, a teammate all yeah, season. For sure. I mean, um, so, um, uh, <clears throat> Josh, uh, reminds Ryan about the choose cone here and, uh, 48 takes the high lane for the start. Uh, And in the first lap, literally in the first lap, um, Ryan ends up just, they shuffled somebody out of the way, his lane, he's leading it all of a sudden, Josh goes, sweet, just kind of like that. That's all you hear is sweet he doesn't like tell him to move or nothing because he didn't have to all of a sudden his lane gets pushed to the lead yep and 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 the 23 is pushing him and he's right off the bat you know within the first lap or two he's leading uh by lap three he's doing like both lanes trying to like you know get the momentum whoever's got the momentum get in front of him um at lap six uh the one is in the high lane uh racing ryan back and forth a little bit but by lap eight um Ryan leads that low lane and then the first 5 cars in his lane are clear. Um at lap 9 Ryan has enough time to give a little update on handling so that they know what to do when they do have their pit stop. At lap uh 10 now the first 8 cars are clear. By lap 12 they're all single file. So they they file it out. They realize that you can't really make a move um without too much momentum on the outside. Um, and uh, we noticed at lap 18 that seven of the top 10 are Fords. So the Fords have worked their way up in those line in that line, too, to start with. So um, <clears throat> at lap 19, Josh uh, and uh, Jonathan are talking about what they're going to do with pitting, and they call it discount, um, is what they tell Ryan. Um, which, once again, these names are great little names, but we really don't know what they mean until they actually do it, because they kind of change sometimes week to week on what each one means. Um, at lap 22, the Chevy's pit, and this is where things, you know, everybody knew that certain teams were going to pit by manufacturer, but this is what really changes things for the duel. Um, it seemed early too, right? Yeah. They were at lap 22 and they could have probably went a couple more laps. Um, and it, you know, it forces, they, you know, it kind of forces everybody else's hand, but at lap 25 is when the Ford's pit and actually 11 cars pit. So, so i don't think it was all fords i think a couple of toyotas actually got sprinkled in because they had to come um but what happened with the chevys on their on their run of pit stopping is they weren't very organized one or two of them got penalties They did not come out in, in, in a total pack so you know um you know those couple laps in between um the fords made pretty good ground on them um almost catching up to them before they pit it so they gained a gap to begin with um so like lap 26, as they come back out, uh, Josh is telling Ryan about, uh, they're about six tenths faster than, than the other ones. So once again, like I said, they're, they're, they're coming up on them. Um, like i said say, yeah, and they didn't pit yet. So lap 30, they're right behind the cars that pitted. Um, and then, uh, the lap 31 Jonathan calls them all in and I say calls them all in, you know, they've got this text chain more or less for all the Fords. They've decided what their strategy is ahead of the race. Usually. Um, and, and they decide to head and come in, um, bright side tires. And Jonathan says on, you were going on him, not on the Jack. Now, this is one of those things where he was leading the lane the whole time for 30. So he's using more fuel than anybody else. So he cannot, come out as quickly as everybody else. He has to sit there for a second or two longer. And this does shuffle him back a couple spots, unfortunately, but it, it's the, it's the thing you have to do if you're leading the race. And, and, you know, so, um, the 22 and the four, I believe. Um, uh, and I think it was the 20 also, cause the 20 pitted it with them. Those cars, uh, get ahead of Ryan. So Ryan's P four hit this point. Um, like I say he was taking gas, more gas than anybody else, now so,
0: uh, now they didn't um they didn't mention it during after this pit stop but I will say throughout the rest of the weekend across both series or all the series they they mentioned this fact a lot that if you were leading a lot uh, definitely came up in the Xfinity race or leading, you know, a row for a long time that you were going to burn more fuel. Uh, but yeah, I will say, you know, it, it only took about uh, 30 seconds after our first pit stop of the year that I got like you started to see the first, the first Twitter complaints. But I think uh, folks were, were able to to be educated pretty quickly on the fact that you're going to burn a lot more fuel and you need to pack that fuel because even between, uh, I don't know if it happened much in the duels, but in some of these other races throughout the weekend, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people running right up against the the fuel capacity there, making some anxious uh drivers and anxious crew members out there,
1: yeah yeah, you don't want to be short um you know if you came in and pitted and did the same amount of fuel as everybody else, and something happens and it's a little bit longer race than than you anticipate, you're going to be short, and you just don't want that to happen because the worst part is let's say you took the same amount of gas as everybody else. You came out in front of them again. Now all of a sudden you're leading again, using more gas than anybody else. So you have to kind of take that couple up extra seconds of fuel. Um, at lap 33, the 17 is the guy pushing Ryan. And, uh, he's in third at this point behind the four and the 22, um, lap 35, the top seven are a second ahead of the second pack. Um, and about eight seconds ahead of that pack that pitted, uh, Chevy. So like I said, they're, they're, um, I've got about eight or nine cars in their group. It kind of fluctuates. And then the next pack is eight, seven seconds back. The whole rest of the way, um, <clears throat> lap 44, it's the 22, the four, the 12, the 17, the 20, the 21 and the 23. And, uh, you know, no one's really pushing at this point. They're running in a nice tit, uh, tight group, um, they're organized pretty much single file at lap 47 and at um, lap 52, I've got them nine, uh, seven seconds over the, over that group behind them. Um, and at lap 56, I got Ryan kind of peeking on the outside, like thinking about now what we're going to do here is we're getting close to the end. So um, we get to that last lap and, and it, it gets really dicey. Cause it's uh, all depends on who's pushing you, yep. who you can get to and who you can push and once you do push him, you have such a run that you can get around them. Um, it's a pretty good job of slicing and dice out of Ryan. Um, he gets it to third and the 22 wins. So it gets, makes Ryan's starting position seventh. Um, but uh, Ryan says that the 22 can send him a thank you card. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan says, copy that. Uh, let's just get a big one on Sunday. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, oh, and the mentioned Zane Smith uh, was uh, – P eight in this one? Transfer yep. transferring to Sunday. So uh he did pretty good at the open cars making sure that he got in uh with that thirty six car. Um so yeah, I mean it, they're, they're pretty much in position for Sunday now. They get to all the way to seventh uh starting position. So I mean, on the inside lane. You know, pretty good that duel really was. I mean, you want to win the duel. Um yeah,
0: push was, Joey, push Joey to a win again or you know, it was just, a, and Joey in, in his interviews was very, right away. uh, yeah. He said, yeah. You know, Thank Ryan. I mean, he, and you can just tell how the, the way that they approach these races at team Penske is that Joey said, I knew Ryan was behind me. So I wasn't worried. Like, it's like, uh, it's, and I, I would like to think that if Ryan was, was ahead and Joey's behind him, it would have worked out the same way. Ryan yeah. did make a move. Ryan still did make a move to attempt yeah. to win, but he kind of, I think even said in his post-race interviews that kind of when he knew that, he wasn't going to be able to win. He just stuck in line and uh, behind Joey just to to move on. But
1: yeah, yeah he had that 17 and the 20, uh, you know, with him or behind him. And, and it just didn't get, he did not get a push. Uh, they were looking to make their moves too. And their moves were going to be out and around. So he just didn't seem to get the push. And then when he did come around three and four, He ended up behind the the 22 of all places. So, you know, he has another lap like that. Who knows? Maybe he pushes the 22 and then gets around the 22. But, um, at that point he was pretty much locked into all they could do was, you know, was help Joey, um, not help anybody else and no one was helping him. So, um,
0: yeah. Good news is though, decent qualifying run, decent finish in the duel sets up for a pretty decent finish to start the Daytona 500 in a clean car, no damage. Uh, and that's that in that second duel, there was a crash that, that occurred there. So there's always that, that possibility of that happening, but they made it through clean. So that was definitely good to see.
1: Yeah. So I, um I, I went, I um, started looking at my notes here and I'd have no notes on practice
0: my note for you on practice is that in in not even this practice that you're talking about, um, but the fact that there was no practice ahead of qualifying is that our very first car in Chandler Smith, Chandler Smith that goes out to qualify for the Daytona 500 on primetime television can't get going. And of course I immediately, immediately send you a message (laughs) saying, you know, you know, really could have used practice there, huh? Mm -hmm. Like, And then he wasn't the only one. It ended up being a couple of folks that had some mechanical gremlins that came up, and I guarantee you, and uh, it's really weird. It's kind of split. When you talk to some of the crew chiefs out there, um, even Jonathan, when we had him on last week or the week before last, Mm -hmm. said they weren't really too worried about practice. But there's a lot of drivers out there. I think even like Denny Hamlin and some others that, did say they kind of did want practice out there i'm gonna guess we're gonna get that 20 minute session or something (laughs) going into the 2024 race because of what happened in that Uh, qualifying session now the practice that you're you're discussing that that happened after 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 the duels i don't honestly i didn't even watch them i think we were on the we were on the road and um, on our way to the track to go to to see the xfinity and arca race so i i can't say i cared that much either because Mm -hmm. we already knew what, what the where the car stood after that dual race.
1: Yeah. So the, it's funny. I sent Jonathan a message about how we talked about the practice and no practice. And, and yeah, he, he was pretty happy with practice. He sent like that little arm muscle arm guy that he sends out a lot of times on Twitter because the, he knew that his Ford Mustang was ready to go. Um, and I and think only one, 17
0: cars, right? I think 17 cars only participated in practice anyway. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, the, the guys the, the things that i've heard since qualifying about this whole practice situation is that 75 80 of the teams that were established teams really had no problem with not having a practice beforehand because they knew what they had coming in and you're right the couple that needed it needed it obviously but you know but you know so yeah you're right there might be something that, in the future but yeah the two practices that follow um are eventful and, and non-eventful. I mean, they're eventful for just kind of, like, helping. Um, Harrison Burton ran a lot of laps with uh, Joey and Ryan, as many as yep. he could. As many as he could. Every time, every session that they had, the two sessions, um, they went out, like, two separate times each time, and almost every time the, the 21 was running in front of or behind them. Um, the Fords pretty much traveled together most of the practices. Um they did some time with uh, the Stuart Haas guys. They did a lot of time with Keselowski and, and Busher and that group. Uh, so as far as that, that was really good. I Me mean, just kind of getting that, you know, how to use the nose and push guys. And, and and they didn't bump a lot, but at least knowing how they could suck up to a car in front of them and um, how they would do out front. So um, the practice times are very deceiving because once again, uh, a lot of times the fastest car in a in a drafting session it's the car fourth or fifth back in the line yeah it's not the guy leading the line around it's actually the guy a little bit further back who ends up getting like a bump draft in there somewhere and and running just a hair hair quicker um so yeah the practices were great i was you know great um also i was happy they were uneventful uh, because we've had on a practices where somebody tore up the primary car you know and they yeah. had to go, to the, had to go to the backup or change engines or something so
0: and I think I mentioned the 17 cars. I don't know how many were in that first practice, but the second practice for sure, most yeah. of the people kept him in the garage, but I do think like you said the Fords went out there with Ryan and Joey and and Harrison Burton just to kind of get a little just to get a little bit in, but maybe yeah, maybe they wanted to see what Harrison could do, get him a little bit more involved in in mm-hmm. the race and their their strategy mm-hmm. overall. So,
1: yeah, and it helped him, uh, you know, it helped him. You could tell he ran better. He did. Uh, he, he was pretty impressive actually. Yeah. Good portion of that race. So on Sunday we get pit stall number two behind the forty-eight and in front of the forty-two. Uh stages once again are sixty five, one thirty, and two hundred. Uh fuel run. Bob has thirty-seven to forty-two laps, but later in the race we find out that some guys think they can go a lot further if they're running in the middle of the pack. Um eight sets have, of tires.
0: I was just gonna say, I have to say this is the first time and I I noticed it when you know we were on the ground and I did pull up um Bob's little cheat sheet on where where the pit stalls were and I think this is the first time in a long time that the 12 card didn't have clear in or clear out on pits. Yeah. But he was like as you just mentioned there's two Chevrolets on either side of them. So the biggest thing they're concerned about I think um when they when they do pit under green flag conditions, is that all the Fords are coming in together? So he pretty much did did have a clear in, clear out, clear out. And So, but it's it just odd. I was like, wow, this is the first time I'm looking at one of these pit charts in, you know, months to where uh, they didn't select somewhere that that didn't have uh, some some space around them.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're not going to do on green flag conditions. You're not doing a four tire stoppy. So um, under the caution, they might do it just because if they do it, then they won't have to do it later or whatever. But and you're going on fuel anyway so um we had the eight to the rear for his crash in in the duels uh he went to the backup uh, but starting 7th 48 on the pole um yeah the flyovers and and the, and the shows on on the radio <laughs> well either it was ryan or josh i'm not sure which says i could have high-fived that guy going high yeah. because they flew so low to the deck going uh, and at 200 feet i guess is what they're what they're supposed to be a lot wow. above the ground level i don't know if that counts the stands that you guys were sitting in but the one flyover went directly ac- over top of the stands uh, straight across the fate you know yep, perpendicular to the start finish line and just phew. it was so, insane
0: it was a yeah. uh, it was spectacular is all I, all i can say is that uh we were definitely treated to uh a top-notch show that uh i think surprised a lot of people because like i said earlier we're used to just the one flyover and then maybe one more pass and then that's it and i don't think everybody in the crowd was prepared for a full full program from the thunderbirds and it was just awesome i can imagine you know the jaw especially josh up there in the spotter stand mm-hmm. uh, man probably holding
1: on <laughs> mm-hmm. um so the uh the low line uh he was in the low line to start the race, behind the twenty and in front of the seventeen. Um, you know, Roger comes on and you know tells everybody, "This is your this is your year to shine." Um, Josh gives a look, you know, focus forward, which is something he likes to say a lot. Um, you know, just worry about what's in front of you. Um, at lap one, the the six actually ends up getting behind Ryan, and, and all of a sudden he's got three fourths behind him. Um, he's the fourth one in the low lane. Uh, lap 70 says he's pretty good on the bottom and lap nine. The 22 says the five may be uh, lifting to stay side by side with the 48. So the five and the 48 are kind of controlling the race at this point. And, uh, the Fords are pushing hard though, basically trying to push them the heck out of the way, you know, um, at lap 10, the low lane does push ahead. Ryan gets up to fourth at this point. Um, the 20 moves to the high lane. Ryan is now behind the 22 and the five. And um by lap fifteen, the nine is behind him and the high lane's moving ahead. So it you know ends up between six, seventh, and eighth, depending on you know, it's hard to follow the tracker at this point because it does fluctuate so quickly. Um, but in the lap itself, basically. So uh by lap nineteen, there's fifteen cars in the lower lane, and at lap uh, twenty, the twenty-two is pushing the five to the lead in that low lane. Um at lap twenty. Uh, there's 20 cars in the low lane now and Ryan's up to third. So, um, but within four laps that the lanes even out again, they get close to each other and they even out, um, at lap 29 he tells them about a half a number tight, which is not much of an adjustment. Um, usually something they can do just with the air pressures. Um, the low lane is the five, the 22, the 12, the four and the six. And at lap 33, uh, they talk about the pit stop. It's going to be snap on and black when they do pit. Once again, not sure what that's going to mean till we get to it. Um, at lap 34, the 10 and the two jump in front of the five. So the high lane made a move. A couple guys got pushed out, and then they decided to jump in front of the other lane. And I think this is partially because they're trying to get ready for pit stops. Um, they're going to come in as a group uh, by, by the manufacturer, and <clears throat> you got to get to the low lane if you're going to do that. So lap 36, he's actually sixth in that low lane, and they're pitting. So they're two tires, and they're going on on the fuel again, once again, on Jonathan. Um, they come out third of all the Fords there, and seven Fords are together. And at lap 41, um, the 45, the 11, the 10, and the two are in front of the high lane. And uh, Ryan is between 10th and 12th at this point. And Toyotas are five at the top six. So the pit cycle worked really well for the Toyotas on, on this pit cycle. At lap 49, Ryan says, we obviously need more track position. Just can't go anywhere. And for the guys who are saying there was a lot of like swapping of the lead and so forth. Yeah, the two lines were moving back and forth. But once you were in a line, there wasn't a lot of like being able to duck out and make a move on somebody and get back in line. Um, The gaps were pretty tight. uh, Most of the race. Um, At lap 51, the 23 has an issue. Um, And this, I think, kind of gets bumped in the wall here at this point.
0: Yeah, Truex was was bump drafting behind him. Um, yeah, Bubba's taking the lead. You know, it seems like people are pretty excited, but yeah, as soon as they go around that one that one corner, I think he just mm-hmm. gets a weird and we saw this during the duel. Um, you know, between the the eight and the ninety-nine, mm-hmm. it just seems like they just weren't completely square and it got you know bubble loose and he just kind of checks into the wall and he ends up coming down into the pits but i guess Mm -hmm. his tires were still up so but you know i think things eventually progressed for him but it's kind of unfortunate as soon as he gets he's a great speedway racer and he kind of got up into lead was leading that line and then you just kind of have a bump draft that goes wrong Mm
1: -hmm. um at lap 52 ryan goes to the low lane and um by lap 56 uh he goes back uh, to the high lane <laughs> It's in 20th, you know, he's trying to find a lane that moves faster and he can move ahead of somebody, but, um, at lap 59, the high lane pulls ahead of the other lane. so Ryan's all the way up to 11th with the 19 leading at this point, at lap 62. Um, he's trying to put together the high lane, you know, he's trying to lead it and, uh, just not getting much help here. At lap 64, 16 car has went a lap down. But he decides he's going to block everybody to try and join the pack. He's trying to be the first car lap downs, what's happening. Cause I believe somebody else was a lap down in the yep. back of that pack. So he figures if I can just block everybody and maybe assimilate into the middle of the pack here, I'll be ahead of the other guy. I'll be the lucky dog. <sighs>
0: And I mentioned this in the discord. I mentioned it to you and I know that it's kind of different circumstances, but this is a new move that's come up in the last couple of years that a couple of people have tried. Um, it worked for Ross Chastain at Talladega last year, and he went on to win the race, pulled a very similar move. He did end up kind of just splitting the field down the middle, I think because there's a little bit more space mm-hmm. on the, in, on the track at Talladega oh, width wise. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit more difficult to pull off here. Um, I think I said, I mentioned it to you, like, this is the reasoning why this happened. I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that I was saying a few choice words standing on the garage, watching this race, as I see the 16 do this, especially since the driver, um, you know, last couple of years, you know, Ryan has. He hasn't really been in the Xfinity series at all. And, you know, I'm just trying to find somebody and, you know, colleague racing's an Ohio team. So I was like, ah, I'll support them, you know, a little bit. And got to like AJ a little bit there. Then immediately AJ's my enemy here because, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan had, as you said, he was running back in 20th forever, kind of mounted a charge there. Eventually when the outside lane got going up into the top 10, I was like, oh, great, going to get some stage points here. And then the 16 just parks it.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and- uh, man, it causes uh, almost a melee.
1: Almost caused a melee, first off um secondly it worked it worked because he ends up getting a lucky dog
0: that's what i was gonna say that you know the worst part is is that it It, works so you know what's worse it's gonna happen again at talladega this year it's gonna happen again at daytona when they come back again
1: yeah um the word stupid was used a couple times on the radio and surprised we didn't wreck was what was said i mean it really really was um the six ends up winning the stage ryan ends up 20th because of this thing
0: yeah it looked like he just bailed like once that happened he just went to the back which is probably safe because you never know what's going to happen at the end of these stages with the points on the line so didn't blame at all blame him at all you know come in do the pit stop reset and then see where we go from there
1: yeah we got um jonathan saying four tires waiting on gas again so even if you get a four tire stop in right now it takes more gas than the four tire stop so people don't don't get on the pit crew on these on these pit stops this year. It's going to end up being that the pit stops are faster than the gas that we can put into the car. So sometimes you have to wait for the gas. Um, he comes in 20th, leaves 16th. So they gained four spots in, on the pit cycle. We knew that would happen. Um, we get this choose cone. Um, we're taking the top behind the 22. Um, I tell you the- a funny
0: story about the choose cone at Daytona. <laughs> Yeah, so I think you were at a, at a track last year, and you guys signed the choose cone or something when you were yeah. there. Yeah. So um, everybody's out signing the start finish line uh, pre race, and I thought I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be smart, and we're going to go down to the the choose cone, and I'm going to write Team Blaney like as big as I can on there, take a picture, and then tell everybody every time they choose tonight, just remember that you know Team Blaney's is on the choose cone. I get my sharpie out, I I make the crossbar of the T, and track people start running at me. <laughs> And telling me (laughs) that I'm not allowed to sign the choose code. And I noticed there was there was maybe like two or three other signatures on there, which I thought was odd because pretty much everywhere else you could write somewhere Mm -hmm. at the track had something written on it. And then I and they're like, You can't write on that. And I was like, What? (laughs) You can't write on that. I'm like, I pointed, I was like, I was pointing at the other ones. They're like, Yeah. They're like, you can't write on that. It messes with the tracking. And I was just like, uh, the tracking i was like okay then <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna i mean it wasn't something worth arguing about it's something their you know bosses told them that told to them say, to enforce so it's like i'm not gonna argue with the frontline worker but i just thought it was so funny so the 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 top of a t of team blaney was on the choose cone awesome, <laughs> but i didn't awesome. get to write the rest of it. um so but uh, i don't know if that's going to be going forward i don't know what tracking they mean i don't know if they mean like they think if there's too many signatures on it you know drivers weren't going to be able to see it, see it properly man. maybe i could see understand that especially if it's a lot of black sharpie and then the orange goes away but anyway that's my fun uh choose cone mm-hmm. story for. Nice.
1: Well played. Um, uh, So the six leads them off uh, for the restart here, leading the high lane. Uh, The 24 is the only forward in Ryan's lane. Um, At lap uh, 76 here, the six is leading the low lane. Ryan in the high lane behind the eleven, and he's about 16th, 17th, 18th here. Um, At lap 82, he's in 15th and he tells everybody, hey, good news. I'm saving you some fuel back here. Uh it's good to hear. They got a sense of humor during some of this stuff. Um, lap 88, uh, back to 17th and then, uh lap 93, the low lane is pulling ahead and, uh, the first six clear the other lane. So, you know, uh, Brian in lap 95 is in 21st. He's running behind the 22 car. So he's trying to stay with the teammate, but, yep. uh, they're, they're just kind of stuck there, uh, at this point, um, lap 100, uh, Josh says the Toyotas are getting down low, so that's something to look at because they're probably getting ready to pit. Um, the eight leads the high lane That lap one hundred two. The one car gets in the way of uh, the eleven and almost affects him. <laughs> Those boys are back together again.
0: Magnets—they can't get away from each other. Even happened that, in the clash.
1: <laughs> that's it. One hundred five here. Um, Josh says we're on the same plan as the twenty-two. And they say this stop will be a number two, uh, whatever that means. Um, So at lap 108, 18 cars pit Chevys, Toyotas. Um, Now they're P10 of the cars that stayed out. At lap 109, more cars pit, but they're still out there. And now they're up to P2 and all the Penske's are still out. Okay. And then at lap 110, they're pitting now. I wrote down call the race and I put question marks and exclamation points right at that point, because they stay out longer than everybody else. They did run together pretty well. How well they execute this pit stop, how much they don't have to take as much gas. They were able to go further. Yep. Um, so all these things are great strategy calls and you know, if everything stays green and nothing stupid happens, they really might've worked out here. Um, so lap, uh, what is that? 111, the 22 is leading Ryan. Um, and uh, the 19 is behind Ryan. And 17 is leading the high lane. So they have come back onto the track, stayed in front of everybody else. They got track position, a green flag pit stop by just executing and staying out a little longer. And then at lap point 18, things happen. <laughs> um, from what I can see, it was the four car and the 45 car and there were interviews with with tyler and he really wasn't blaming the four
0: tell you what tyler does not usually blame people tyler walked Mm. up he didn't walk up tyler let chase briscoe walk up to him after the bristol dirt race last year and shake hands and And smile and laugh and you know tyler said he didn't think the four i mean i listened to the interview you know the four was pushing him, but he said he didn't think it was like egregious or too much or too aggressive or anything he said you know just how it works out sometimes again just like when the 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 19 was pushing uh the 23 early in the race you know just mm-hmm. didn't hit him, you know perfectly square and it, you know the the 45 got a little bit loose and man it's unfortunate it was like you know one it's like a game of inches there where the 45 comes back down and just clips the 12 and what i know you're listening to the scanner you said ryan said he thought he'd saved it multiple yeah, like, times like three times he's, and then it like just that. snaps snaps yeah. up into the wall
1: snap loose um uh first thing they tell him to do is maybe try to tell the guys to the tire make sure the tires are clear the fenders are you know are clear on first um ryan says the steering was off about three inches which really isn't much compared to last year's crash Uh last year's crash yes. it was like like like.
0: He said it was yeah, way around. It wasn't way even around. what
1: is it yeah. close? Uh, Jonathan says we're gonna keep on working out uh and uh they've you know the clock seven minute clock now. The 45 has crashed out. Uh, nine's out. Yeah, the nine this is where the nine's yeah. Um I lost the lap during this, you know, which you know can happen. Um yeah, he says I, I thought I had saved about three times, I just couldn't save it. Uh, the cars involved were the four, the five, the nine, the 12, the 19, the 43, the 45, the 99. Um, but, you know, as they're doing these, they do two or three repairs. They come in before pit road is open. They get back out. They try to catch up. They, you know, they do lose a lap in this. Um, but so they're 33rd at this point, one lap down and the restarts at lap 125. Now they think they've got the fender clear uh, and we find out in a little bit here that it it wasn't yeah it it wasn't the fender that caused this this tire issue, um so they're racing the thirty six the eight and the sixty seven for the lucky dog so they're one lap down but they're with like three cars that they could, yep you know you know the eight is the only one that's really strong at this point still so
0: and they're um, trying to make minimum speed too yeah, to get yeah. off the DVP
1: yeah right away within the first lap they're off the clock so they do get to that right away lap 127, the lap one twenty seven the twenty two is leading. Uh, lap 120, he's losing the pack in front of him, though. So you can just see them. Like once again, I'm watching two TV screens. I've got the regular race up on top, but below we do have in car camera. So we're watching out the front window, and you can see them. You know, slowly, you know, getting away. It's it's usually a couple seconds a lap. Um, so the, the they get to the end of the stage, and the winner is the one car. Um, that once again, they're pitting early to fix the nose. Uh, the crew comes over the wall they're fixing the damage they catch back up the field they pit a second time and ryan says something he's worried about the front right tire because i think he felt that it was something was happening uh they catch up to the field again um i said it looks pretty fast so when they're trying to catch up to the field he's running flat out that's the funny thing about a caution is you think of all these cars behind the caution car okay and they're just slowly going around a track well as this type of thing is happening he's coming off pit road that caution cars in three and four coming around and he's trying to catch up to it so down the back stretch they're boogieing you know they're trying to and they're trying to see if it'll you know if it'll it'll work under speed at that point
0: i was pretty ex- excited at this point i don't know excited is the right term i was devastated when the crash happened because i i don't know i had a feeling that this year was the year And I didn't vocalize it too too often or even, you know, mention it to you. But I thought, like, something this year would be the year. So I was devastated by this crash. But then the fact that they were able to fix it and then meet minimum speed got me feeling a little bit better. And then, like, at this point, I saw him motoring around the track, and I was like... (sighs) you know, I mean, he's not going to win this race. I was like, but there's, they might still be, maybe I was even overly optimistic. I was like, Mm -hmm. they they might still be in this, you know, at least, to you know, top 15, you know, salvage a a pretty decent run here. I thought maybe just even on their own speed, just the way the car looked, but you're right when everybody else is going a lot slow, a lot of things will look faster when he's motoring around. But I was pretty a little bit more optimistic than I definitely was when he was, you know, sliding down the, sliding down the turn after hitting the wall. So
1: uh, lap 135, uh, they still haven't given the one to go yet. This is a longer caution at the end of a stage break. It's really kind of weird for some reason. So they pit again. Uh, they, of course, they're going to be tailing the longest line. Um, the 23 did not pit during this, so he's actually leading. Uh, the eight was the lucky dog. Um <laughs> josh says she's shiny <laughs> referring to the look of the car with all the bear bond and duct tape on it um the 36 and the 67 took the wave around uh so they're racing the 15 for the lucky dog at this point um lap 137 is the restart and 34 uh, and the 15 of course is in 33rd so um it says it's bottoming out killing the right front uh and then all of a sudden flat tire and caution for the debris. Now, this is good and bad. I mean, he doesn't actually lose another lap on this as it's going. So yeah. it's one of those kind of deals, which is cool. Um, jo- uh, Jonathan says, we're, we're uh, not sure what cut it, but uh, we, we'll get more stuff clear of it. So they get it in there. Um, but, you know, they're in 34th. or Right now, the only car lapped out at this point. Um, and they do. They clear something in there. and He tells them. I don't know if I have it coming ahead here in the thing, but that they, they found something inside underneath. So it wasn't actually rubbing from the outside, but it was something that was loose underneath that cut the inside of the tire, I believe. So um, lap 143 is the restart tail end um, lap 147, the 10 leads. Ryan is pushing the 50 car, um, but they lose the lead draft. Uh, eight of the first 10 cars are Fords at this point. And um, at lap 165, the lead pack is coming. So they do go two down is leading, and um, everybody's uh, doing a pit cycle here. They're uh, lap uh, one seventy-five, taking two tires. Um, but actually, I think you yeah. See, they so they pit with the Fords at lap one seventy-five. Sorry, my notes uh, lost track of that there. So yeah, they tell them two tires, and um, they take the right sides. They go off the jack. Uh, the ninety-nine is leading at this point. Then we get a caution. At uh, lap one eighty one, uh, for the fifty four, the eighty four, the forty one, the thirty four, the four, and the nineteen involved, and the twenty one and the twenty two are up there at the front. Um, the free pass is actually Ryan. He gets one of his laps back, so now he's one lap back. He's up to a thirty second, uh, and he's the only There's he's one lap down. He's racing the thirty four for the lucky dog at this point um lap 188 the 16 is taking the lead and lap 190 Uh josh says all we need is a caution please (laughs) and uh they're you know 31st uh, one lap down uh, the six takes the lead at lap 191 he's up to 30th there and lap 97 the eight takes the lead and then we get the caution for the 99 car
0: man i know uh we're not big Kyle Busch fans or anything, but I think this is like the third or so time that he's been leading the Daytona 500 with just a couple of laps to go and something happens and, and derails his race there. Um, but thankfully our amigo Daniel Suarez got caught up in a, in a, in a crash there that didn't do any damage. He just kind yeah. of sp- ended up, I think he spun off someone's front bumper, just like a lot of these other accidents yeah. have happened, but he spun down, and got it going again to to live to fight the rest of this race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, it, if you would have told me that back when that accident happened, the original one, that uh, the 12 car was going to finish on the lead lap of this race, I would have thought you were crazy. And and here we are setting up mm-hmm. for a lead lap finish.
1: Yeah. So Ryan says, all righty, here we go. <laughs> um, so we're going to get a green-white checker. He's 29th. They come in. They put scuffs on it um Jonathan says hey let's get a few more spots here thanks for hanging in there um and we've got the eight leading the three at this point on this restart um uh, and the 24 the 22 the sixth, 17 the 47 the 5 the 2 and the 84 are your top 10 um the restart uh he's in the low line in 28th uh then we get a caution right away <laughs> before we get the lap in and Ryan goes high and uh josh does it (sighs) amazing it's like go high 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 i can't duplicate it i mean it's that's as close as i can get um my wife is listening to this and she goes josh should moonlight as an auctioneer
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's pretty quick (laughs) he's pretty quick
1: um but when he knows when he knows and he's trying to tell him what to do he's trying to do it so emphatically and in a manner that that hopefully Ryan follows it because he sees where, where the opportunity is and and this does work. Um, Jonathan says we're up to 17th at this point. Robbie Ryan says, copy that. Um, The 47 is now leading. um, uh, And they're, you know, they're cleaning up this mess from this melee. And um, Jonathan says, stay high down the front stretch. We have a beach going on.
0: Yeah. I tell you what the 84 car. So, you know, Jimmy Johnson, he actually for his, you know, his first 500 back in a couple of years, there had a good run going, mm-hmm. but unfortunately he drove like three quarters of the way around the track with his, with his damaged car that was leaking fluid. And oh. yeah, so they had to put speedy drive around everywhere. And you, we talked, you know, earlier on in this show about the importance of fuel mileage here. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of people that were very concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even the RSK cars come in and pit. Here's
1: here's where it comes. Yeah. Yeah. So we know we're getting another green, white checker and a few of them come in for fuel. So Ryan goes from 17th to 13th because about four guys in front of him come in for fuel. Um, And he's, you know, Ryan notices it. And Jonathan goes, we're great on fuel.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but that's where it happens is it just makes it so important. And yeah, this, I mean, this caution felt like it was going on forever. It actually made turn this race into the longest Daytona 500 by distance in history Mm -hmm. um, because of how long this final caution ended up having to go because it took a while to get that speedy dry cleaned up and uh, get everything ready to go to go racing one more time.
1: Yeah, so P13 for the choose now and Josh and Ryan spend the next uh, 30 seconds discussing High lane or low lane, um, which is better to avoid a wreck at a super speedway. Um and really truthfully, there's there were different opinions there. You know, they both and they weren't arguing. They were like, Yeah, well, usually the the things wash up the track first, so you might want to be low. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes when it's low, the guy kind of spins and just sits right there in the in the middle of the track. Um, uh, you know, so they took the top. You
0: the know, only good picked. thing about the high lane is if you are in a crash, you don't have that far to go to hit the wall. <laughs> so right. I'd be picking high.
1: Yeah, the 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 leader took the top. Ryan was following the 67. Um, and I got it in the notes here on the, right off the start. Uh, Ryan kind of gets shuffled out. I mean, there's enough damage to his car where people probably feel that they can't push him, and he really couldn't push anybody else. So, you know, he tried to suck up to the guy in front of him best he could, but he kind of gets shuffled. Guys go around him. Um, then the wreck happens as the 47, the 22 are battling. That wreck happens right behind them. And uh, the five car ends up sideways in front of Ryan right against the wall. Bang. And we think, oh, well, maybe I get a top 20 out of this, but Josh yeah. is going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> he says, go to all the way to the line. If you can go all the way to the line, if you can. And once again, this is, this is something we talk about actually before we start uh, the podcast is that sure. The field is frozen at the time of the caution and the winners declared from that and whatnot. But the guys who pull away from the accident can gain positions compared to the ones who end up being broke down. And um, Ryan does this, uh, the 47 wins based on this, but Ryan does this for an eighth place finish.
0: It's pretty incredible. And, And um, you mentioned that the fact that, you know, if if you can get away from the accident and go across the checkers, it makes a difference. And I don't know where Denny Hamlin ended up finishing, but there's some video out there of his car, you know, limping to the finish like sideways, you know, the best he could. And then he just pulls off after he he crosses the checkered. But that's just because it it means so much uh, just to be able to, to jump ahead of those guys. But, you know, so 30th with what, you know, both with two cautions to go. 13th on the green white checker or loses some positions though as they go there and then limps after an accident to an eighth place finish. Un- <laughs> this is unbelievable. I thought or I thought Daytona you know in the summer last year where the crew did an amazing job of repairing the car and getting him back out there and then beating Truex by I think what three points to qualify for the playoffs. I thought that was unbelievable. Obviously it was a probably even more high pressure moment, but how this team came back and got a top 10 finish. And a lot of it's by attrition, mm-hmm. uh, but still it took all that dedication and hard work and the practice that that road crew does, you know, at the shop, the knowledge that they have, um, I know you've brought up the fact that, you know, we, we interviewed Raymond Fox last year. We just talked with mule Dave Nichols, um, in last week's episode, who's kind of a member of that crew that, that helps with the repairs. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys give some really amazing insight into what it is that they do and what their role is. And we don't want to lean on them, you know, at all, really. We want them to have the knowledge that they yeah, have, yeah, I wish, but I it wish pays Raymond, off when you need it.
1: I wished Raymond good luck. And I, I, uh, before the race and I hoped him to have a, a quiet day you know um but yeah the jonathan's group that he's put together race engineer tony palmer engineer marcos castro front mechanic brent mccutcheon interior mechanic daniel lynch we got dave as a tire specialist um you know greg Sorber's the new truck driver well not new trucker he's he's the other, he was the other yep. truck driver um and then uh you know front tire changer ryan flores jackman's jordan osinski rear tire changer, Zach price, tire carrier, Trevor Aspie and the fuelers, Chris Conklin. Uh, you got the setup plate mechanics, Eric Bailey, all these guys, um, huge, huge job. You know, Ryan, uh, we talked last year about when there's damage and how, uh, you know, the guys that climb over the wall to fix the damage are not the same guys that, that, uh, that jack up the car and change the tires. But Ryan, uh, Flores has to tell them the first time he he's the first guy out when they do change the tires, to tell them what kind of damage he's looking at. And he comes back over the wall. Cause that is the right front that has damage. The left is, is what's sitting next to the wall. So they really can't see it. So he's got to go, he changes the tire and as he's doing it, see if he can see what's loose or what's out, you know, wrong in there and come back to the wall and let those guys know. So when they jump back over the wall, they know what they're dealing with. So, um, you know, a great job by all those guys. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned all their names, you know, if you know one of them or you've had, you know, send them a thank you card, a thank you note, tell them what a great job they did. Let them know. Um, I know last year we interviewed Raymond. It was literally uh, right after they did what they did at Daytona on that's That so it was a, you know, Saturday, was it a Saturday night race? Yeah, Saturday night race. And it was on Monday. We were interviewing them. So, um, you know, those guys, uh, they want to work at the shop. They want to get that car ready. They want to get to the track and they don't want anything to happen to it. at the track, except, you know, be out front. And, um, when it's not, it says a lot about them, and what they do to help, you know, and Ryan, you know, Ryan drive the hell out of it. It's damaged. You know, he did get the steering wheel close to back to where, it, where it normally was. Um, so he could do some things with it. Um, but he maximized that car to the point where afterward on the, on the cool down lap <laughs> he was coming around the back stretch, and he tried to make a quick move around somebody who slowed down, uh, the 16 car from what I understand slowing down in front of him again. And then he spun it out <laughs> and hit the, hit the outside wall on the cool, la- cool down lap. So that car was not a hundred percent and it could not totally handle well. Um, even though they fixed it as best they could, um, but to get an eighth place finished out of that, out of everything that happened, uh, just amazing. And those guys, like I said, I read all those names on purpose uh, so that you know who they are. Um, they did. They put the work in, you know, and uh, they got that car back out there, got it running, and gave Ryan a chance to do something with it. What a great day.
0: Yeah, it's just every time it, it impresses me what those folks are able to do. I'm glad we've been able to to highlight them and spotlight them. And talked to a couple of them that have made some of these things happen over the last couple years. Um, we, you know, had a couple posts up on social media with pictures of the car, uh, pictures post race of the crew kind of debriefing, mm-hmm. and it was just great to see you know positive comments on social yeah. media in the first place, kind of thanking these guys and you know bringing up the fact that you know this is what you know, championship teams do. And you saw this with this 12 team last season, you know, this is a team that didn't go to victory lane, but they persevered, made it into the playoffs and made it all the way to the, you know, the, the champion or the, the round of eight. And, you know, on the cusp of the championship four without a win, because Mm -hmm. of things like this, they were able to come from behind. They're able to battle diversity or adversity. And, um, I don't want them to be facing this adversity this early in the season already, but it's great to know that they have the grit and the power and the skills and the perseverance to get through this, because this is a team that I think you're going to have to watch all season long. And I'm hoping that it's a team that's going to go to
1: victory lane multiple times in 2023. I'm glad you brought up the pictures that I took, um, the screenshots from, um, that's the in-car camera it was on my TV screen. I took a couple pictures. It was real funny because the one actually has Ryan. He got out of the car and he's standing with those guys and they're pointing things. But as I'm watching the actual video of it's taking place, um, I think, I believe it was Raymond walked up with a knife and I'm like, what's he doing? And all of a sudden he slices down the one side and he goes over to the other side and he slices down He's cutting the hood loose. They had taped, <laughs> they had taped the hood completely yep. down because they weren't sure if the pins were still in place. So they taped that hood completely down so it wouldn't move <laughs> as they were driving, you know. And I don't know what the flaps and if they were working right. But yeah, I, I I sent them the I sent the guy a couple of the guys the pictures of of it just so they could see this, you know, they were on TV in a way, not national TV, but on NASCAR.com. But I even put that in there. I said, Boy, I want to be a fly on the wall for that debrief. You know, <laughs> what they're talking about, how they did that and what they did, because uh it's not something they, they talked about last year about practicing it a little bit, like knowing what tools they needed and knowing what they would need to do to fix certain things um uh, that were you know common problems. Um, but they really have it down quite well. There were guys when I was watching them fix during the race coming over the wall. Certain guys coming over, certain guys handing things to guys who were coming over, um, having certain things ready to go. Um, literally, like watching a guy watching a guy take the duct tape, the regular, you know, couple-inch duct tape down, yep. s- snap off a piece, and it was already in place as he did it. You know, things you don't think about normally, like, you know, saving time on the way you do things, you know. So they, uh, yeah, just an amazing, amazing uh, craftsmanship, you know, fixing a wreck and, and making it uh, serviceable. Um. Yeah, it 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 bodes well for anything else that's going to happen the rest of the year in, in that regard. Um. Hopefully this week uh, we don't really need anything like that.
0: <laughs> so with everything that they're able to do this week, including some points that they earned in the duel uh, and the points they earned with their eighth place finish in the Daytona 500, Ryan Blaney sits seventh in the driver standings, tied with Kevin Harvick, 15 points back of the leader, which is teammate Joey Logano. Uh, the winner of the Daytona 500, the 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., actually sits in the third position, four points back of Logano. So Logano won his dual race, finished second in the Daytona 500. That mm-hmm. makes him your leader. Chris Busher actually sits in the second position in the standings. Uh, as again, Stenhouse is third, Christopher Bell is fourth, Bowman fifth. Ross Chastain is in six. Ryan, again, is in seventh. So they head into this race weekend, the first week of the West Coast swing of the NASCAR Cup Series. So I know we were just out there for the Clash of the Coliseum, came back across the country for a couple weeks out to Daytona, headed straight back across uh, the country again, out to Los Angeles as the NASCAR Cup Series visits Auto Club Speedway for potentially the final time in its current configuration.
1: Yeah, Fontana. You said Los Angeles, but Fontana. Uh, Well, you're right. They're they're what they're half. Los Angeles Angeles is
0: what NASCAR likes to say that they're in the LA market, but yes, you're you're, you're
1: correct, Fontana. (laughs) It's Youngstown to Cleveland. Okay, (laughs) it's it's that far apart. So, yeah, they don't uh, they're not that close. And then you look at a weather forecast, and uh, dare we say the words owners points? Uh, (laughs) Already, the weather forecast does not look good, and somebody already mentioned rain. all the way through the weekend and and letting up by sat by sunday morning so which is
0: crazy because you think we go out to to california and i mean it's not a good thing that they're usually in you know drought conditions and stuff but of course i mean we've even seen uh rain or I think maybe even snow in like Las Vegas or something when NASCAR has been in town. So yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, rain is in the forecast for this weekend's race at Auto Club Speedway. Um the race is going to happen Saturday or Saturday you can catch uh practice and qualifying. I know Steve is going to mm-hmm. be tuned in two PM Eastern yeah. time on FS1. The Xfinity series race will kick off later in the evening oh. at five PM and um, Ryan
1: and Ryan and Ryan's on that broadcast again this week. So, which
0: again, out. yeah, we for, we did we didn't mention. Um, I mean, I didn't get to see the Xfinity broadcast because I saw it uh in person at the track, but from what mm-hmm. I understand, things went well there and looking forward to see him back in the booth again this weekend. Um you can catch the race, uh you can catch all that stuff on MRN. Sunday is race day and the race is at 230 p.m or 230 p.m. Eastern time is when race day starts on Fox. 3 30 p.m Eastern Time is when uh coverage of the Cup Series race is going to happen. You can catch that also on Fox. So Auto Club Speedway, um, I mentioned the fact that they think at least this is the the final time that we're going to be here in its current configuration, the big track. There's been rumors for a couple of years that they're going to shorten this down into a short track because they're trying to bring a short track out to the West coast. Um, Even the the, the, you know, the officials from NASCAR are still a little bit wishy-washy on this. They announced the fact that there's definitely not going to be a race at Fontana next year and have also said potentially also in 2025, they still might not be ready yet. And then over the weekend, they've, they've talked to some series officials that still (laughs) weren't like totally sounding like they're totally on board with the fact that they're reconfiguring the track and making it a short track. Now they've already brought stands down from what I understand there. Um, but I don't know the racing. The unfortunate part about all of this is they they were doing, they made this original decision before the next gen car debuted, uh, because the racing there had kind of gotten a little bit stale. And then when the next gen cars went there in 2022, that race was pretty great. Uh, mm-hmm. where do you stand on the fact that they're, they're trying to reconfigure this track? Now, a part of the thing too is people aren't showing up to yeah. see the race too. So I, I can understand all the things, but racing wise, just if you're talking about a race, um, do you think this is a track that deserves to be preserved in the, the current form uh, or do you really not care? Or are you looking forward to another short track on the schedule?
1: It all depends on what you do with it. That's the yep. thing is that, that the one of the descriptions I heard was a half mile like Martinsville, but with the banking of Bristol in the turns, how crazy Damn. would how crazy would that be? It looked like one of your hot wheel slot car tracks, you know, um, but it, but it might not race badly. You don't know. How about um they leave it two miles but they change the banking and make it uh, a little higher banking because it's really totally way wide. Yeah. So if we change the banking and make it higher banking, all of a sudden it becomes a super speedway, correct?
0: Yeah, I think that's I mean Atlanta they did they just yeah. did that on a half, you know, a mile and a half and it didn't. Yeah. So I can imagine, yeah, that two mile turned into a super speedway.
1: Super speedway, that would be quite interesting. A two mile super speedway, you know. So yeah, there's so many different things they could do. I don't know what the logistics of time and the money that money is, is a
0: huge factor because right. from what I understand, they, as soon as they turn this into a short track, they are fire sale on yeah. all of the land around it. So, uh,
1: so yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what all these situations are for the ownership. So yeah, I, you know, having a different track to go to is important. Um, California market. Yeah, is definitely important. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I have, you know, those opinions I just gave your ideas or thoughts are interesting to see, but are they practical and can they actually pull any of that off? You know?
0: Yeah. it it remains to be seen. The one thing I definitely don't want to happen, which was another rumor. I think that they, they kind of leaked out there just to see what the reception would be. And that was the fact that, oh, maybe we find a way to make the LA Coliseum a points race. And mm-hmm. it seems like overwhelmingly, <laughs> And I won't say people were negative about it. I think they just said, no, like like you're not even going to give it even the time of day to think about whether that would be a good idea or not. Most folks said, said no to that idea.
1: There's, there's a lot of things about sponsors and not everybody being in the, in the, in the, in the race at the end of the race. Like you couldn't put 36 cars on that track or 40 cars on that track. And there's a lot of that where they would just be like, no, we can't, we can't not have, the charter teams you know, they're are 33rd, 34th, 35th, those charter teams not being on the track, um, their sponsors would not like that yada yada. So yeah I, yeah, I understand that. But then again, they don't do a very good job with the clash of like talking about the, uh, the qualifying races or anything like that either Yeah, heat, the heat races. Um, they, you know, they advertise that thing, uh, for the, the, uh, the, uh, the feature yep. and they, they never advertise it for the for the uh, heat races you know where all the best racing was that weekend was one everyone sure. the heat races when you only put 10 cars on the track on that track and you let them go yeah it was a lot more interesting to watch but you know they, like i said they don't they don't uh, advertise it that way they all want the feature get everybody into the feature and there's no way you're putting 40 cars on that track so
0: so let's see what they do but for now We're still at auto club speedway in Fontana at its current configuration and Ryan Blaney's stats there. I feel like he always races really well. There doesn't always necessarily get the finishes. Maybe that, that he deserves average start of 12.2 average finish of 15.7. He has one DNF. He has one top five, three top tens, and they haven't been there enough in his career. So I can kind of roll down through here because during the, uh, the pandemic, they actually had to skip California, uh, once or twice. So, Um, first race there in 2016, 35th. And then from there, 9th, 8th, 5th. So we had a string of races between 2017 and 2019, uh, three straight, uh, top tens, including that top five in 2019. And then the last two visits there, uh, 2020, 19th, 2022, 18th. Um, so not the finishes that team probably wanted or, or deserved, but I do think uh, they might be a force to to reckon with this week, especially with a little bit of this, you know, at least team building momentum. They come mm-hmm. om- come off of Daytona. And uh, I don't know if any of this new nose stuff between all the manufacturers. I think the idea was to get everybody back into the box here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we'll see how this goes this week. But what are your thoughts uh, as we head into this weekend at California?
1: Well, like you said about the nose thing, um, you know, Denny's the one that pointed out that he thought the Fords were going to be better. So let's see what happens with the practice and qualifying there. Um, go back to Jonathan's interview um, from two episodes back, because we talked about some of the issues they had here. We didn't mention California by name, but we talked about the shocks releasing and the camber issues. And this was the first track after the super speedway last year, where a lot of the teams were learning, what they could and couldn't do with the, with those setups and how it hurt uh, pit stops. And um, this is where everybody in the world whacked the pits pit crew last year and whacked them, you know, excessively. But the reality is, is they were, they were in, um, they were in a bind based on some setup issues. And once again, they were all learning because they were not the only one that had these issues. Um, It was noticeable. Yes. Um, Is it something they corrected as the year went on? Definitely. Um, so watch this weekend and see how quick the pit stops are and watch what happens with the car and how fast it is, um, without the, those, you know, those issues that they had. So I, I, um, I expect it to be a huge weekend to tell you the truth, because this team is ready to, I think they're ready to rip off some, some W's in a row. Really. Um, once they get to regular tracks and regular racing, uh, where, uh, the speed is there, they're, they're going to be the team to beat.
0: So, again, if you want to catch this race or you want to watch practice and qualifying, you can catch practice and qualifying on Saturday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. You can tune back in again on Sunday for the race at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, but on Fox. That's the Pala Casino 400 at Auto Club Speedway. So we talked a little bit about the, the, the race here, um, but I, we should jump back a little bit and talk about the Daytona 500. But when it comes to... The Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. And Steve's going to be yeah. probably pretty excited to talk about Yay. this uh, because he he did really well. I did not. Um, now, they've gone and people probably noticed, uh, those that are participating in this, they kind of revamped the website. They revamped the app. <laughs> I don't care that much, but I did feel like I was a little bit more confused on how to pick things, especially when it kind of came to selecting featured matchups and the way they they. They have everything set up. Um, So either way, um, 168 out of the 100 folks that are signed up for the league started uh, or set a lineup, uh, which I thought was actually a really healthy number, especially with the number of folks that are asking to join. So we're going to let the league go one more week at California. If you have not set a lineup yet. If you didn't set a lineup for Daytona and if you don't set a lineup for California or auto club speedway, I'm going to boot you out of the fantasy league because we have a lot of people uh, that are, that are contacting us on social media and, and otherwise that really want to get in and, and participate this year. So make sure you set a lineup this week. If you want to stay in the league, Uh my lineup for Daytona, and I kind of just bounced around a little bit. I looked at what happened in qualifying. I looked at what happened in the duels, and I made sure I didn't really start a lot of folks. That outside of one here, that maybe I, I that actually got me probably one of my most points, but uh, one that maybe I shouldn't have started uh, just based on load management for the year. So my lineup here: Eric Almarola One is dual race. I thought it was a you know a good one to. To, to put him on my lineup because I don't think the rest of the year I'm going to use him that much, though he can every once in a while in New Hampshire or somewhere pull off a victory. Christopher Bell, this is one where I, I put him in there. I didn't think about it. He he was good in his duel. He nearly won his duel race. He was in the race with Ryan, right? Um, so I thought that car was pretty racy. Yeah, I'll use him. Brad Keselowski. RFK has been, I don't outside of that win they had at Bristol with Chris Pusher. Um, they didn't shine that much last year, so I thought it was worth starting him here. He's really good at super speedways, Kevin Harvick, Bubba Wallace, and I had Ryan in the garage. Uh, for my featured matchups, I picked Kyle Bush over Reddick. That was right. I picked Austin Dillon over Bubba. That was wrong. I picked Truex over Keslowski, That was right. And I picked Hamlin over Chastain and that was wrong. So I kind of split the featured matchup. So I only got 20 points out of those, um, didn't really have that. I didn't have a terrible day compared to some of the folks that that finished down in the in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Uh, but I didn't have the day that you had. Could you go through what your lineup was and what the magic was behind getting this yeah. this top five run.
1: Yeah. Now, um, I did a um, I did a TikTok talking about fantasy on the uh, Team Blaney TikTok. So make sure you check those out if you see them pop up. Follow that because we'll, we'll do some things like that as the year goes on. So I did one, and one of the things I pointed out is that a lot of these super speedway races, um, teams are racing for the victory, aren't necessarily worried about, um, stage points and you can't really, cause sometimes you get caught in a line and you're 15th and you really aren't going to bully your way to a top 10. Um, so you want to pick guys that, you know, want to run out front to begin with. So a lot of the Fords is what I said, you know, so I had Ryan, I had Joey, and I had Harvick. Um, then I picked a, I wanted to pick a Toyota guy cause Toyota's usually the same way. They want to try to run out front. So I picked Truex. And then I had Kyle Bush because I really feel like he's going to try to prove something. Uh, I had Bubba in the garage. So pretty good lineup. Um, Kyle ended up being the lowest one points-wise there. But it looks like Harvick and, and Logano got good stage points too. So, um, yeah, pretty good lineup there. You know, I had, um, I had uh, Kyle over Tyler. I had Bubba over Dylan. I had tricks over Keselowski. So I had three right there. I think I had Denny and I think Chastain won that one. So um, yeah, I had pretty good, pretty good setup. Um, now, once going forward now, i set that lineup like Thursday, you know, and before the duels even. Um, but now from here on in, I'm going to try and set my lineup after qualifying and practice so that because, um, you know, you'll know at that point who's got got the speed for the weekend and there are certain guys that you're you know going to shuffle out each week based on them not being you know being quick one week at certain type of track and not quick in another track so um once again i'll try to hopefully do a TikTok, tock uh, you know maybe every week if i can just on fantasy um after qualifying so we can talk about that maybe sunday morning or something even so check out t- team Blaine's TikTok for that kind of thing too um, but, yeah, I'm not setting a lineup. I, I don't even want to talk about them right now because I have no idea <laughs> what California is going to bring. We know what they, what they showed last year, but once again, yep. um, a lot of teams were playing with that problem and uh, risking basically risking to cut tire um, yep. last year. And how many cut tires were there? Tires that got loose um, from not being tightened properly from the, from the first time they were doing real live four-tire pit stops. Um, so there's a lot of bugs that are hopefully worked out um, between this year and this year, and it'll change uh, how the fantasy uh, looks on uh, on Sunday. So I ended up in
0: oh goodness the thirty fourth position with one hundred and forty eight points. Um, so I was nowhere near the top 10 here, but let's run through the top 10 finishers and mm-hmm. points earned at Daytona for the Daytona 500 this past week in the team blaming NASCAR fantasy live league. We're actually going to start with ninth here, be due to a tie, but data nerd for the win in Alyssa C tied for ninth with 176 points earned. Also a tie here for seventh with go RB 12 and Vans 12 with 178. This is all really tight here. And then in the fifth position here, another tie Uh bulldog, zero two seven seven and your team as 12 tied for fifth with 179 points now I pointed this out to you the fact that um, right after the race and even a couple hours after the race you were only listed as 12th and then at some point they've made some adjustments here and you bumped mm-hmm. up to fifth so I'm not sure if you made some phone calls and made that happen um, but I'm I've I've some investigation work going on into how yeah, don't happened.
1: worry about that because I the truth is I didn't do anything about this sort. all I did was look at where you were and where i <laughs> i was and i was above where you were and that's all i really worried about so you, you weren't number one in your household again either, either. no we're gonna brush over that um okay. so uh,
0: again in the uh another tie here for third here we have uh hike 21 and Teresa doherty uh tied for third with the 180 points earned and then in second All alone, Joe Lopez 21 or Joe, yeah, Joe Lopez 1, sorry, 188 points. And then Steel Lion holds down the first position with 192 points earned, which is, man, that's probably almost a perfect lineup there uh to lead the way in the team blaney nascar fantasy live league now this is probably the easiest fantasy report of the year because we only have one race in only have one set of uh standings to go through here so that lineup there and points earned from daytona is also our overall standing so far so steel lion with 192 points is who you are aiming for this week when it comes to auto club speedway and i think you just said you don't really have an idea yet of who you're going to pick and I think that's a good idea. I think I want to wait till practice and qualifying as well. And uh, maybe I might even tune into our own team Blaney TikTok and steal some of your uh, some of your observations
1: and strategy. Uh, thanks for telling me because now I'm gonna put a deep fake on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're just gonna it's just gonna be bad fantasy advice every That's week it. just so That's I don't it. steal just, it, right?
1: Just for Adam. I'll wink at the camera. Everybody else knows no. when I wink at the camera, <laughs> I'm just giving Adam bad advice. And why he picks, you know, why he's picking Rick Ware Racing, I don't know. Oh. But, but Rick Ware Racing looked really good this week.
0: Well, Steve, I think I said at the top of the show here, I was really excited for us to just get back into the rhythm of things, get back into talking about strategy, back into race recaps and analysis, really was an awesome way to kick off the year with three straight interviews with Taylor kitchen and then, you know, crew chief, Jonathan Hassler tire specialist, uh, Dave Nichols or mule. um, And then now we jumped right into our race recaps, but I'm sure throughout the rest of this season, we're going to bring on some more special guests as the years go on. Uh, But if this is your first time listening, this is kind of what we're all about. We want to give fans of Ryan Blaney, fans of team Penske and the 12 team, kind of a more inside look at uh, what's happened during the race, why things happen. where they're running, where they should have been running, um, what's going to happen next. Um, just some something you're not necessarily going to get from TV all the time uh, because they're just not going to take it to the level that we do, which is kind of maybe to the extreme. Uh, but I know you really enjoy taking those notes during the races and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of just getting it all out there, just talking it through sometimes maybe helps us get through the bad finishes and maybe even makes us even a little bit more excited for the good finishes, uh, especially when we get to talk about how strategy pays off.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's nice because we've gotten to know some people we can actually get a, get a question answered um, pretty quickly sometimes. Uh, we've had some of these people on to tell us about things. And uh, what I from what I get to watch and listen to, I learn a lot about strategy. You know, Jonathan pulls off that pit move that they pulled off, and they end up out in front of the pack. And if Ryan doesn't get wrecked at that point, Ryan's got his track position. Uh, they got more fuel than everybody else. Uh, they would have all the things it takes from that point forward to win the race. And, uh, you know, mind you, these other things always get in the way of those things too. But, uh, so, you know, you want to blame anything, you got to blame the four and the 45 for whatever was going on there. But in reality, everything else is going toward winning or trying to get a great finish. And, uh, like I mentioned all the names, uh, you know, Raymond Fox and, uh, you know, Brett McCutcheon and, and Daniel Lynch and Dave Nichols, uh, you know, those guys going over the wall and fixing the car, um, Because it's more than just one guy. I mean, we're cheering for Ryan, and Ryan will be the guy that gets out in victory lane, and he's the guy that put that car there, definitely. Uh, But some of these other guys behind the scenes uh, deserve some recognition too. Some days, you know. So you know, hopefully, we give you guys that kind of insight into into what's going on uh, every week uh, here on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. We thank them. And we definitely thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney on Instagram at Team.Blaney. And the same thing with TikTok. We got some videos going out there from the track.
1: TikTok.
0: Yeah, team.blaney as well on TikTok. Uh, steal all of Steve's uh, fantasy and racing advice. And honestly, yeah. it's pretty good. He's pretty—he's not as good as Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, no. who mm. is participating. They just didn't have a good week at Daytona. Uh, they're trying to be our three-time defending champion of the league. But anyway... All those videos you can find on on TikTok. They'll be on Instagram. Uh, Twitter's kind of the main hub, and then we're also on Facebook. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation, established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. Uh, to learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation dot org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram really, really awesome to see uh, the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation out and about at Daytona this past week. They were set up all week long uh, with a tent selling merchandise, spreading information, spreading awareness about the Alzheimer's Association, spreading awareness about their efforts with UPMC Sports Medicine. They have some brand new merchandise that's out there. They've rebranded the, the foundation a little bit with, with some new logos. They have some new t-shirts. They have a new hoodie. I know they said that a lot of that stuff is going to be uh, launched pretty soon on their online store so look out for that um, if uh, we have this thing up on video I purchased a new hat over the weekend to help support them uh, also to keep me protected from the sun because the weather was beautiful most of the week there at mm-hmm. Daytona um, so I had a chance to stop uh, stop and talk with Patty uh, who helps uh, helps them run that thing so uh, really great great to see them and we hope to have somebody on there soon to talk about some of their initiatives that they have going on throughout the year in twenty twenty three. But for now, and for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney podcast.
1: Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.